What's up, guys? Welcome to the Lazy Boy QBs podcast. I'm your co-host, Chad Larson. Um, and on this beautiful Friday afternoon, I am joined by the one, the only, Jonathan Ryder. Jonathan, how are we doing today? Outstanding, sir. Shout out Ooh. to the 305 and, of course, the 757. Absolutely. 75 stand up. Hey, I can't I can't forget the 75, right? Hey, man. It, it it it's it's easily forgotten though by a lot of people though, so I respect that you didn't forget it. No, you keep reminding me. So <laughs> <laughs> every show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no, guys. Me and Jonathan have a very very serious topic at hand today. Um, as you guys know, trade season is one of the most influential and one of the most important in the in the nfl you know during the nfl calendar right right up there with the draft and uh i mean in free agency those are you know obviously the only three ways you can improve your team draft trade or or sign them but um today we're gonna hit everything trade deadline related um the trade deadline is set for next tuesday november 3rd at 4 p.m 4 p.m eastern that is um always got to clarify that can't can't have people sending in that last minute trade at four o'clock central or something like that. Um, nope, nope. denied. Yeah. Exactly, they're gonna get matumboed. Not in my house. So, sounds like something the Cleveland Browns would do, though. <laughs> I would say Bill O'Brien, but unfortunately he's out of the job, so it's not as fun to make fun of him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that J.J. Water and, and Deshaun Watson are going to remain in Houston because the Bill O'Brien is just no longer there anymore? Well, definitely Watt. I'll be honest. He was a name that people were talking about. But to me, I was just like, that doesn't make sense to move him if I'm them. To yeah. me. No, none at all. But it came out. There was a report that came out earlier this week. Uh, they're saying that Watt is also off the table. Okay. All right, well, I tell you what, let's talk about some guys that are on the table because that'll probably make this a whole lot more interesting. Um, and the the guy, probably the guy, probably the, I'll say this, probably the best guy who's actually gotten a decent amount of buzz, uh, we could agree, is Stephon Gilmore, right? Yeah, no doubt, man. Like, this guy's the defensive MVP of the league right now. Yeah, yeah, and he has one year uh, left on his deal after this year. $16 million is going to be the number, but... As you know, in the NFL, once you kind of trade for the guy, you can always, you know, people restructure every other every other day. So, you know, the sixteen million is what the cap hits looking like. Um, what teams, you know, what teams do you think? I, I've heard. Um, I, I would say probably the one team that needs him the most um, would probably be the Philadelphia Eagles. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, and, and in the past, the the Patriots and the Eagles have done you know trades between them. So, yeah, the, the, you know Stephon Gilmore, Darius Slay, you know corner room, that that looks very impressive. And yeah, you know playing in a division where it seems like they are the front runners to win despite their record, I'm I say go pull the trigger. But you know. You know, and I'm not going to get into the conversation as far as what, what what are we looking for for compensation for Stephon Gilmore, but you know, I feel like Stephon Gilmore is the kind of football player that any team that's looking for cornerback help and has a chance to win this year, he should be fair game. 
Uh, besides maybe the Miami Dolphins, who already have two, you know, very good starting corners, uh, teams should look at, at Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, you know, I completely agree. And, and um, you know, like we said, uh, a team that he's been linked to has been the Philadelphia Eagles, which um, which is interesting because, like we said, they just traded for Darius Slay in the offseason. I feel like any team that's looking to trade for Stephon Gilmore, that trade, right, that the Lions made, which was they, the Eagles traded a third and a fifth in the 2020 draft, um for Darius Slay I feel like to me that's at least the starting or the start of a conversation with Stefan Gilmore right because you would consider Gilmore a much better player than Slay or at least a better player yeah. and that's another thing I would say that must be the baseline because you know the, the, the Lions are just trying to move on from Slay who was unhappy in Detroit um we don't we haven't heard anything about you know uh, Stefan being unhappy in New England. Uh, I won't say that this is a salary dump because uh, to me, at sixteen million dollars, I feel like he's well worth that contract. Yeah, yeah. I was like, gonna say he's he's yeah. one of the few stars that's actually paid, maybe even a little underpaid for for what he's doing. You know, Granted, I mean, he signed as this this deal what, four years ago. Yeah, in tw- March of twenty seventeen, I believe. Yeah. So. Look, it, 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 the Eagles are, are definitely the front runners here. Um, they should be buyers at this point because if they're going to win this division, might as well try to trade some assets to go get them. I, I would say, though, if I'm the Patriots, I'm, I'm probably looking to get a top quarterback in next year's draft. So 100%. They might, they might not have – they might not organically position themselves to be a top five pick or a top two pick. But if you have an extra first-round pick and maybe another, you know, a bunch of assets such as maybe an additional third, an additional fourth, in which it will help them move up, um, th- th- this is the guy to move in their roster. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you're, you know, exactly like you said, if you're making those big moves, you know, we've seen it, guys trade up. I mean, all the all the quarterbacks that have been drafted for the most part over the past, you know, half decade or so have been guys. Teams have moved up for them. Um, and like you said, you know, rather it's that throwing in that extra first, you know, a, a second, you know, whatever extra assets you can accumulate over the course of a year. And we talked about the Patriots struggles last week or on our last episode. You know, it's not like it's a team that, you know, is by any means Super Bowl contenders. You know, at best, you could maybe see them sneak into a seventh seed in the playoffs. And then, you know, what does that get you? You're, you're going away to, you know, Pittsburgh, Tennessee uh Kansas City basically probably one of those you know teams that they couldn't handle last year when they were significantly better than they are now so if I'm New England you know I'm I'm not saying that I'm going to be sellers necessarily that I'm actively looking to sell guys but at the same time if you're starting to rebuild that franchise then like you said having extra, extra draft capital uh, is always a way that can you know help speed up that process so I, I got another team here for you, um, Chad, and this is another team that they kind of done deals with the uh, with the New England Patriots in the past. Uh, how about the Cleveland Browns? Um, yeah, Cleveland is. Greedy a... Williams is out. You know they have Ward on one side, but yeah. you know, he also has his own consistency issues. Um, mm-hmm. This is a team that wants to compete. They want they want to make the playoffs. Uh, I feel like. Even though they're they're an in conference rival, they're not the Steelers. So why not? 
Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, when you were talking about, um, you know, Greedy Williams being out and they have Denzel Ward, t- to me, when you're talking about the corner and the wide receiver position, it, it doesn't matter. You know, they're, they're a team, y- you've never heard a, a coach or a GM or owner say, oh, we got too many good corners or, you know, we have too many good wide receivers. You know, it's like uh, it's like relief pitching in baseball or, or like getting three point shooters in the NBA. You know, the more the merrier. Um, and that's a good shout because, you know, the Cleveland Browns, they do have thirty one million dollars in cap space um, right now. So they could just absorb Gilmore's um, contract and, you know, without having to like send any money out to kind of balance the books, which I feel like that would be more than doable. But like you said, I'm not sure. I, I guess, you know, that's the thing, right? When you get into those trade talks, you don't, it's too many teams, and I feel like this is probably more in the NBA than in the NFL, but, you know, they wrap their mind around, well, if we trade him, we have to trade him, you know, not in the division or not in the conference or something like that. To, to me, you know, go after whatever is going to get you the best asset package in return, right? You're not going to, you're not going to turn down, like if Cleveland's offering you the best stuff, you're not going to turn that down just to say that you didn't trade him in the division, right? Are, are, am I crazy for thinking that? or I think the conference is more acceptable than the division. Um, yeah. See, yeah. I, I don't see a lot of big trades happening within the division. I, I don't see, like, okay, so uh, I, I don't see, you know, no matter how much money that the New York Jets have, I don't think the, 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 the New England Patriots are going to trade Stephon Gilmore to the Jets. Um, right. Or, or right. Miami. Yeah, or especially the Buffalo Bills who don't have the money. I feel like within the division, uh, with the conference overall, teams are more apt to do it. And and I want to get to two points that you brought up. You're right. As far as corners, Miami had Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, and we used one of our first round picks to draft another corner. Yep. Even though they're like, man, you already got too many corners. And you're right. Look, Miami traded uh, Laramie Tunsil uh, to the the Houston Texans. And, 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 the, and the, because they gave us two firsts and two seconds for it. Yeah. So, shoot, go ahead, take them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's all about asset accumulation in the NFL and, and looking to go get, you know, looking to go get that next quarterback. Because like we said, we've talked about it with New England at nauseum. You know, they're not, they don't have the quarterback that's going to lead them to their next great team on their roster right now. Yeah, and, and and the thing is, it, it's kind of hard to find a, a trade partner here because a lot of the, a lot of the teams with a lot of cap space mm-hmm. uh, are sellers. Yes, they're not buying; they're sellers. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, if we're looking at it, to be honest, most of the teams with cap space, for the most part, are probably some of the worst teams in the league, right? I think the Jets are the team that has the most cap space. Well, I'm sorry for this year. I think Cleveland actually does have the most with the 31 million. They um, do. The Jets are number two, Cowboys number three, Jaguars four, yeah. Washington five, Patriots six, and then of course the Eagles at seven. And let's be honest, we're not saying that the Eagles are a really good football team. It's just the division. It's kind of helping them out here. Yeah, and and that's the thing to me. You know, people talk about which teams are buyers, which teams are sellers. To me, the teams that are going to want to buy is those teams that have either clear, obvious holes, but are still good teams, or teams that think that they're good who feel, you know, one or two moves is what is going to propel them to being, you know, not necessarily, I don't think anyone in Philadelphia is writing about, well, I know not in Philly the way that fan base is. No one's writing home about, you know, saying they're Super Bowl contenders, but could they be a second round playoff team if they make a move for a Stephon Gilmore? You know, who knows? Right. So No, you're absolutely right. 
Yeah. Um, another another guy who, well, two guys I think that I, I want to talk about. Who I don't think either one of them will get traded, but I just wanted to hear your take. Um, you know, these guys have been lumped together since, what, they were drafted in 2010. Yes. Um, and that's A.J. Green and Julio Jones. Now, A.J. Green is currently playing under the franchise tag, which is about $18 million. Um, and then Julio has three years with $61 million remaining on his deal. Um, do you see either of those guys getting moved? You know, which one, if you if you had to pick one more likely. Um, and then also, if you could possibly throw in a destination. I know I'm asking for a lot from you, boss, but, you know, I know oh. you can handle it. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I had to pick one guy, uh, it would be... Wow. I guess I would try to make it with Julio Jones, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like look, he, he's definitely the more valuable asset at this point. Right. But we also understand that that, that Julio is up there in age, right? Uh, I'm check, getting my producer here to check <laughs> the age. Julio is 31 years old. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of money to be owing to a, a wide receiver, right? That's $61 million. Now... I haven't seen any like long-term problems in his health, and if I'm, you know, if, if I am one of these up-and-coming teams and I need a legitimate wide receiver, I I'm trying to trade for Julio Jones, right? Right. Um, we watched the game last night. He still looks like he's got it. Hundred um, percent. And I think that's why Atlanta really doesn't want to, you know, lose him, um, regardless of who plays quarterback going over, you know, in the future. Right. Um, Julio Jones has just shown that, you know, he still has it. And, you know, $20 million, yeah, it, high for, for even a wide receiver. But if you're an upcoming team, like, I'll be honest, if I'm the Packers, I'm trying, right? I, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get, go get you. Uh, if I am uh, uh, Indianapolis Colts with, with a little bit more room, I'm trying to go get a Julio Jones. Um, but... It, it, the, the thing with the, you know the Julio Jones trade is that I feel like you're gonna have to give up a lot of draft capital um, before Atlanta wants to listen to you. And you know if Sanu went for a second, by God, what what is what is the price for a Julio Jones, Chad? Yeah, and and that's the thing is, well, I mean, if you're just going based off the Sanu thing last year. I would say Julio has to at least go for like a first and a and a third, okay, right? Some okay. something along those lines. Let's However, throw in, let's throw in Stephon Diggs then, if, if if that's what we're talking about. Stephon went for a first, a fifth, and a sixth. Yeah, at, but but you would say that right now today Julio's a better receiver than than Stephon Diggs. But well, going, older. yeah, I was gonna say that's the thing is the much older and he's making he's. I'm not going to say much more money. They're under similar contracts, but, mm-hmm. but, but like you said, I mean, the age is not a concern, but, you know, we've seen these receivers once they start getting into their mid or early to mid thirties that, you know, it's harder for them to separate more and more every single time. Um, so yeah, that's why I think that's why I wanted to lump these kind of guys, you know, the Julio and AJ green types, uh, Julio being 32 as well. I'm sorry, AJ green being 32. Um, you know, guys who are kind of that last. This is this is basically the tail end of their prime, right? Wouldn't you say? I would say Julio maybe one more year at the top, one to two more years at the top level, 
Uh, AJ Green, I would I would say, has already kind of started to fall off. Now that's a could be a combination of situation and also his ability, but you know, so two guys who I don't see either one of them moving. But I was just curious what you were thinking. You know, could actually get the deal done for one of them. Yeah, it's all about how much your team is willing to risk it. Look, the good thing about the uh, AJ Green contract, right? It's it's just this year, right? Yep. You're, yep. You're gonna, and I'm sure that they they can work out a deal how much who pays what. And we're halfway through the season, so you're probably still on the hook for I don't know nine to ten million dollars. Um, yeah. But it, that's the thing. It's all about how the Bengals, the Bengals ownership. They are stubborn as hell. Yes, they are. We've heard we've heard awful things about the Bengals ownership. If Paul I'm Paul Brown, d- d- disgusting almost, right? What they mm-hmm. did even to Carson Palmer. Yeah. So, look, if I'm the Bengals, I I I I can't sit here and expect the team to offer me a second or a third. Now, if you feel like AJ Green is the difference between, uh, you know. You and a Super Bowl title, or at least a Super Bowl game. Yeah, go ahead and give that second or third round pick, right? Sure. But yeah, I, I'm for me at least, AJ. I, I would if if all I had to do is give a fifth or a conditional fifth, maybe a conditional fourth. That's the best that I would do for a guy like AJ Green at this point. Yeah, and and to me, if I'm a team, you know, the team that I really wanted to trade for him, and I think to me. For the exact reasons that you named, I think Green is probably more likely to get moved out of the two um, because he's just on that one-year deal. Um, and then, you know, I, I don't think the 18 that he's making this year, I don't think he's going to see that money in free agency this this offseason or anything Not like that. Yeah, and I think he kind of understands that. So he knows, you know, this is his last chance to, you know, to really – or this is his last, you know, big amount of money that he's going to make. And then he's going to turn into, you know, the one year, eight million, eight to $10 million a year type of guy, you know, two for 20, something like that. A team that I wish could trade for him and, and they don't really have the cap space um, unless, you know, they do some of that chicanery that you were talking about, about splitting the, you know, splitting the salary, splitting the contract is I would love to see a team like the Tennessee Titans go get him. You know, a team that's just one guy. I feel like if they had one more receiver, you know, to complement A.J. Brown, um, you know, Corey Davis has been okay. He hasn't really been that guy who who we've been looking for or who we thought he was going to be when he was taken fifth in the draft. But, you know, just to secure another security blanket for Ryan Tannehill, I feel like would be a great move for them. But like I said, they only have about 7.5 in room, um, and A.J. Green's making $18 million, So... How about the Philadelphia Eagles? They need receivers. Yeah, that's the thing is I, I'm trying, I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to move everybody to the same team. Because the thing is, if you really look at it, the teams that can absorb everybody would be, you know, Browns, Jets, Dallas, Jaguars, Washington, Patriots, Eagles, and the Broncos. Right? That's about the cutoff for, you know, you for the most part you can fit pretty much fit any guy who's on the trade block into their team. relatively easily um but i don't see any of those teams rushing to be you know buyers except cleveland and uh philadelphia so yeah but but then again like every year you don't have a lot of buyers right like it's like in, in, in a way the nfl 
in the middle of the season is not as prolific as the NBA when it comes. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of looking at the same teams. But every now and then we get a team that shocks us, right? Yeah. Maybe the Dolphins are gonna go out there and get a guy like Julio Jones to complement our receiving core. Um, so hey, you can dream, can't you, brother? Hey, well, <laughs> we not only do we have the assets to give up, we yeah. have the cap space. True. Um, I, I I don't see why not. We're not trying to go for a quarterback next year. Yeah. So yeah. Why not? True. We have two firsts and two seconds. Thanks, Houston yeah. Texans, for being one six. One and six. <laughs> two two guys though that I I do see um who I feel like could easily be moved. Because they are under, you know, we talk about how, how hard it is to fit guys into your space. Two guys who are under very reasonable contracts, um, Evan Ingram and then David Njoku, both guys who are in the last year of their rookie deals um, at s- about $6 million each. Could you see either of those tight ends getting moved? I know, you know, yes. I, I heard, I've heard i heard Arizona yes. linked very heavily with Njoku. Yes, um... And then Joku is the guy, right? Because oh yeah, this is a guy, right? You know who who never fully came on, right? He was a raw prospect coming out of the U. Uh, you know <laughs> he was taken in the first round. Yeah, shout out Steve Larson. I already know. <laughs> but then they go and they pay a lot of money to Austin Hooper. Yeah, um, in the off season, and then they drafted Harrison Bryant from the Owls. who's looked very i was just gonna say who's looked very good too yeah so this guy he he, you know there were rumors in the offseason that he was unhappy in cleveland yeah i still i feel like because he's a young player even though he had some injury issues you can get something for njoku and that offense that cliff kingsbury runs in, in arizona might be a little bit more friendly towards the njoku who who thrives in space like he likes to run um and because cleveland probably is, is not looking for a high price probably as the new york giants i think in joke is, is a prime and, and my question to you chad what do you think you know uh cleveland should get uh, yeah see for a guy like in joke it's weird right because you know you, when you're selling him as the asset or when you when you're the team who has the asset and you're selling him, you know you're you're pimping him, right? You're talking about how he's a first round pick, super talented, athletic, all that great stuff. You know you've got the you've got the measurables memorized off the top of your head, right? But then you look at it on the field production, and like you said, it's just been frustrating due to his inconsistency, right? I mean, he's made. I remember. I think it was in week one this year. It seemed like he jumped over eight guys, you know, to make a couple contested catches. And then, you know, you see him go, you know, not play for, I know injuries played a factor, but, you know, not contribute really since then at that, at that point. Um, so a guy like Njoku, I could, I could see, you know, I don't think you're going to get much more than a day three type of pick for him. I don't think you're looking at anything of super value. And the thing is, day three picks are still valuable, um, but it just means you have to have the right type of, you have to trust your scouting department and know that they're going to be able to turn that, that asset into something better than Njoku. No, I, I agree with you, right? You know, um, but if a team is desperate enough, you can try to get that, you know, day two pick. But, yeah. you know, to me, a day three pick, look, to me, a fourth round pick is still highly valuable. Yeah, um, yeah I, agree. I can get something out of, out of a fourth rounder. A fifth rounder, eh, a, a little bit tougher, right? You know, yeah. And then six and seven, 
Uh, come on, I could take a long snapper in, in those rounds, right? <laughs> um, but but you're right. Um, it, it all depends on what kind of what, what, no, how much how desperate a team is to go grab a guy. And um, we've seen teams give up a lot in the trade deadline to get guys they feel is gonna push them over the edge. Yeah, and 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 I think the team that we're talking about with both of these guys, mostly like we said, has been Arizona. But you know, like like we talked about, they're only making six million each. Pretty much any team can fit them into, you know, some type of salary. I'm looking at I'm looking at it now. You know, I wouldn't mind possibly seeing Evan Ingram, who you know at this point when, when we talk about him, he's basically a Y receiver, right? You know, he's he's not going to be an inline blocker type. He's not going to put his hand in the dirt and and and, and be in the goal line situation, right? He's going to be split out in the slot. Um, one-on-one looking to take advantage of a linebacker or a slower safety. And I could see him playing in that Green Bay Packers system because, you know, I think we talked about the Packers are a team that just needs to make a move to really solidify themselves um, in that NFC race, right? Right. Yeah, so I could easily see them. They have a tight end, though. Why am I blanking on who their tight end is? Sternberger. Okay, I thought it was someone better than that. So, okay, and yeah, see, and I and I would say Evan Ingram to Sternberger is an upgrade, right? Not necessarily as a blocker overall tight end, but especially you know as a pass catcher, which at this point this is what that's what Aaron Rodgers needs. Yeah, it, it makes too much sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the the Green Bay Packers are not. Sometimes they don't make enough sense for us. Yeah. Uh, the, the, <laughs> This Dude. is a move. I, 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 to be honest with you, I would like it. But Evan Ingram is 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 also a young player. Injuries. Uh, yes. But, you know the the situation in New York is not the greatest one. Is mm-hmm. he going for the same price as an Njoku? I, I think he will go for maybe a day two pick. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think if anything, Ingram could get you a little bit more, but not necessarily much. You know, if you're looking at a fourth or fifth for Njoku, I would say Ingram. You're looking at maybe a third or a fourth, third at the third at the best. Okay, can can I give you two teams? Absolutely. That don't have the cap space. The Buffalo Bills are in are, are in need of a tight end. Well, yeah, I mean their whole tight end room is is out with COVID right now. Right. But but and but even even moving forward, yeah, they're still there's they, they, they lack tight ends, especially an athletic guy like an Evan Grimm can get further open the game for Josh Allen. Would you, yeah. would you agree with me? A hundred percent. And the other team. Uh, kind of sneaking here they already made some moves so i don't know if they have the draft capital but they never put too much stock into draft picks uh, yep. at least in, in the last few years it's the seattle seahawks yeah yeah unfortunately the, the unfortunately the thing with seattle they only have about three hundred thousand uh right. in space right now so yeah they would have to do some of that but i mean y- y- you know you could easily mm-hmm. see shit just ship off anybody off that defense because it's not like they're gonna miss any of them um right for you know equal or comparable money which they already also had a, a trade this week right they, they traded for carlos dunlap yeah they did yeah they did uh, what did you what did you think about that move i like it yeah Second i mean conditional seventh right exactly Hell yeah let's that, go for it that's what i'm saying you're getting a guy who or you're trading away a guy who essentially is probably not even going to make your right you're, you're trading away a practice squad player for a guy who can maybe help you contribute right now. And, you know, I know he's been in 
he's kind of been lost in that Cincinnati thing for a while now, or for the last couple of years since they've kind of became a mess. But, you know, this is what we see, right? We see older guys kind of get moved, and then before you know it, they're rejuvenated. Um, and, and, you know, I was texting with my friend Dancy, shout out, big Seahawks fan, and he was saying the D-line and the back end is just is just terrible for them. Right, and you need one of those to improve in some type of. As one improves, the other one will improve as well, right? You know, we've seen in New England over the past couple of years a great secondary can make up for you know a bad D line. Um, and we've seen situations where great D lines can help make a secondary better. So yeah, that Carlos Dunlap move for sure was a a, a risk worth taking by John Schneider. Yeah, again, right? Again, and you know. They already brought in um, Jamal Adams in the mm-hmm. offseason. Yep. Now you bring a, a flyer, in, a, a cheap flyer in, um, in in Carlos Dunlap. So if they somehow could finagle an Evan Ingram to just give another weapon to Russell Wilson, yeah. um, th- that could be scary in my opinion. Can I tell you two other pass rushers that I think are very likely to be on the move, including one to your team that we kind of talked oh. about before? Oh, yeah, go ahead, boss. So Ryan Kerrigan, last year of his deal at about $11 million. Um, and then that's the one who I think could, could really help you guys. Because um, you guys have about, what, 16, little under $16 million in space? Yes. Yeah, so you guys can just absorb him immediately. Um, and then another guy who I think could help a team, but is not going to cost a lot, and that's Tack McKinley. Um, former first-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons, who is playing for only $3 million. And like you said, you know, you can prorate that to the point where the team is taking on, you know, barely any of the money at this point. But if I'm a team like Tennessee and my defense is as bad as it is and I just cannot generate any pass rush, I'm looking at it like, hey, I might as well take a chance on a guy like Tack McKinley because while he has not obviously lived up to the expectations of being a first-round draft pick, He's shown glimpses that, you know, he's able to produce a pass rush at points, and which is something that Tennessee needs bad. Yeah, but my question to you, man, is like, can Tennessee just keep in, like, throwing money into this pass rush thing? Like, didn't they bring in Jadavian Clowney? Yeah, but you the know, thing... It, it, to, isn't Vic Beasley there as well? To me, the thing is with those type of guys... Um, and it's funny that you say it because Tack McKinley was was drafted to kind of be you know the the heir to Vic Beasley. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, m- my thing is like with those type of guys, when you have an obvious need the way they do at pass rush, um, if you have a chance to e- even if you're not guaranteed upgrading the position, if you have a chance to take a you know to 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 possibly do something. I feel like you kind of have to owe it to yourself and you owe it to your team that, you know, you at least have to try and make some type of move. No, I, 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 I'm not going to argue with you on that one. Uh, it's mm. all about, you know, compensation, right? And, and, and TAC is, is, is a cheap deal uh, with a lot of upside, right? This guy is a former first-round pick. And, and one thing about first-round picks that some GMs will say is like, hey, man, you all, this guy was a first-round pick for a reason, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if they're real, somebody's willing to trade him, a lot of times it's just a change of scenery can get you can get him going. So, no, I, I like the Tech McKinley to Tennessee. They do need a pass rush. Uh, I'm not sure if they, it, that will fix the pass rush, 
Um, but you know, I, look, I, I I like it, Chad. I'm not gonna lie, I like it. Yeah, and I just feel like it's something you know that is gonna end up if they do make a move like that, it is gonna end up being a low risk type of thing, right? Um, you know, we talked about it. He's in the last year of that deal with three with three million. Um, and if you can split that up to maybe, you know, we'll pay 1.5 of it or something like that, you know, you're taking on, you're taking a flyer on a guy for 1.5 million, which, you know, to me and you, regular Joe Schmo sounds like a lot of money, but to these NFL teams, that's chump change. No, no doubt. Especially, especially if you're a team like Tennessee, that's as close as, as we think they are. I mean, I know they, uh, they've lost some of some close games here recently, but I still feel like they're one of the better teams in the AFC. Are the Tennessee Titans the only team that you can see looking for a pass rush? No, because, well, I mean, the Miami Dolphins, for sure. Um, but, you know, the way you just said that makes it seem like you have a team in mind. Is there any teams that you're thinking of that could specifically use pass rush? Well, <laughs> Every team can use pass rush. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it, it's like it's. Yeah, I was gonna say it goes it goes back to the same thing as the uh, as the cornerback cornerback discussion. Uh-huh. You know, no I, one's I, turning away a, a pass rusher. I I can see the Detroit Lions as a team that yeah you know yeah they're three and three. Uh, you know, I know they have flowers, but after that, they don't really have much. Uh, and I that would that kind of fits the scheme as well. Yeah, and to me that would definitely make sense because um, you know, we've talked about it on this pod. Uh they're under a win now mandate, right? Matt Patricia knows that if he doesn't make the playoffs this year or come damn close, then he can pretty much kiss his job goodbye. So he's looking to do everything he can to uh, you know, to 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 help push them over the hump. And you know, maybe a, they're a type of team they have about 15 little under 15 million in room they could pretty much go get you know mckinley or they could even go get ryan kerrigan if they're looking you know for a more established guy who they know is gonna is gonna at least provide something for them yeah so let's talk about ryan kerrigan so uh i first heard about the uh, ryan kerrigan uh his name being connected to the miami dolphins uh over uh this week i think of right around on cbs yep um yeah it would. It would add depth, right? Because our, our main guys right now are, are Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Ogba. Uh, they're doing okay, right? Uh, they're, they they have improved uh, as the year gone along. Uh, they, they, they did not look very good uh, in their first game against the Patriots. But yeah. uh, Miami, Miami definitely needs the depth in that position. Um, but well, we, have, we have some guys, you know, so yeah. Uh, you know, let's see, man. I, I will love it. As the Miami Dolphins fan, Ryan Kerrigan, for one more year, I will love it. And my thing is, yeah, that's another thing. He's another low-risk guy because he's on that last year of the deal. And you know better than anybody as a Dolphins fan, you guys are definitely moving in the right direction. But if you have a chance to maybe make a trade or something that can propel you into the playoffs, Miami's going to do it. You know, they don't, especially a guy who's not even on the books for next year, you can't take that cap space with you. So, you know, it's like they might as well use it at this point. Yeah, no, but that's not necessarily true. Well, uh, yeah, okay. Of, you're right. For, for you're right. You're right. Year, you're right. Yeah, for next year, the amount of cap that you have left it rolls is added next year. Yeah. So, 
I, I don't know if Miami, depending on how much the red, the, I'm sorry, the Washington football team is willing to take on the, the Kerrigan salary. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what Miami, and, and you're right, Miami had, you know, they wanted Le'Veon Bell. They made a push for him. They benched uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for Tua. Miami, it looks like they're all in this year. Uh, Ryan is an established player in this league. Um, it'd be great for Miami, but it would all depend on what kind of deal we're talking about. But, I mean, this is a team that already is going to have $33 million in cap space, even if they max out their cap this year, right? So so they're a team that's going to have plenty of money no matter what going into yeah. this offseason. So, you know, at that, that's what I mean more so when I talk about lower risk. Sure. Yeah. And, and let's, see, let's see if Miami pulls a trigger. Um, I would love it, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right. Um Guys, uh, we, we hit on some big names. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, on the other side, we're going to talk about maybe some teams that we could definitely see uh, being sellers. Uh, we'll see you all on the other side. All right, Chad. You know, we talked about some of those guys that can be on the move, great names. But now, who are the teams that, you know, are going to sell? Who are our sellers? Um, right. We, we, we have a list, but who do you think the main teams are? I think, uh, first and foremost, when you talk about who's selling, you got to look at, you know, teams that are, are in a bad cap situation for next year, right? We, we You, you kind of hit on it with Miami earlier about how, you know, the trade deadline this year can affect what, what is going to happen to your cap space next year. And, you know, Miami's one of those teams that's in a situation where they can get added cap space, right? We're looking at a lot of these teams. The, the a lot of teams are really deep in the hole, uh, and the first team I'm looking at is the Atlanta Falcons, right? They're over. They're 38 million dollars over the cap for next year already, um, and, and I mean, let's be honest. They're a two and six team now. Are they a two and six team that could easily be? I mean, we were talking about it about the game from from last night. They could easily be, you know, four and four, maybe maybe even five and three. But in reality, you have to look at what you are. And to me, Atlanta is a team that's not contending this year, um, who I don't think is going to want to pay, you know, all this money for a team that at best is going to be a sixth or seventh seed next year, right? Arthur Blank's not cutting that type of check for these guys. Um, and the main target that I'm looking at, I would say that the one guy who they have who's probably the biggest asset, um, who we were just talking about, is Deion Jones. Um, he's under contract for about three more years. He's got 12.6 next year, um, 14 in 2022, and then 16 and a half in 2023. You were talking about, you know, Miami could be a team that could 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 sniff around for a guy like Deion Jones, right? Oh, no doubt. I mean, <laughs> look, if you want to talk about, you know, guy linebackers that can cover, right, because – that's what we want linebackers to do these days. Like, Absolutely. Can they cover tight ends? Yes. Uh, can they take that middle of the field away? Yeah. Yeah, he's that guy. Miami, it, look, Miami, can you can you go out there and grab him, Coach Flores? Um, <laughs> no, GM Greer, can, can you do this? Because um, right now uh, we got, you know, Miami has the, like, E. Landon Roberts, uh, you know, Kyle Van Noy, who's just not as quick-footed as Dion. Dion is a fast player. Yeah. Yeah, he he is. He's one of he's probably one of the two or three fastest linebackers in the entire NFL and and to me that's, you know, that's the type of guy who you're going to want. Another team who I could see going after him and I know 
Um, I said I wasn't going to link every guy to this team just because they have space, but Philadelphia Eagles, man, they've struggled at the linebacker spot this year. Um, I'm not quite sure if they would have the capital necessary to give up or if they would be willing to give up the capital necessary to get a guy like Deion Jones because, you know, I think he's one of the best linebackers in the league, so you're going to have to pay a premium to get him. But, you know, if you're Philadelphia, you know, he, he could be another move that you could make that pretty much could solidify the NFC East for you um, and, you know, really make you turn that corner into a team that is looking to possibly win a playoff game or two. Yeah, no no doubt. And there are a lot of teams out there that can use a guy like Deion Jones, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, pretty much not, every team in the league. Exactly. So it, it all depends on, you know, because Deion is already locked up for in a, in a contract for the next few years. One, are you willing to give up the assets? And two, um, like you said, there are a lot of teams kind of under the hole this year, or, yeah. or going going forward next year. So it, it's it's tough, but it's doable. Um, you know, because to me, a, a team like the Chiefs can use a guy like Deion Jones, right? But yeah. Is is the is the money? Can the money work out? So, uh, the Raiders would would die for a guy like Deion Jones. <laughs> Absolutely, right? got to get some speed a, on that defense. But but of course, there's no money there. Um, so yeah, you know, if, if, if Atlanta is really going to sell, right. And yeah. you're right. They, they have, they have to, they're, they're just, their cap situation next year is just ridiculous. Um, I would hate to, for Dion Jones to be one of those guys. If I, if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I really need to find a way to move on from Matt Ryan yeah. and, and Julio Jones or, yeah. or, or maybe even Grady Jarrett, because at $20 million, that that's ridiculous yeah and and that's the thing you know you look at it these teams but but that's what happens right teams get into cap situations that are super sticky and they end up having to let good players leave because it because no one wants the bad players or not the bad players but no one wants the guys that are overpaid they want the guys who are you know maybe even a little underpaid or paid just right for what they could do which to me if you're looking at Deion jones you're looking at the linebacker you know the 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 grand scheme of things at the linebacker position. He he's underpaid for his position, making yeah. you know being a twelve million dollar cap hit next year. He's underpaid for his position, and, and that those are the type of guys that you have to end up trading because, or I mean you don't have to you don't have to trade them, but because they've backed themselves into a situation where they're going to be you know thirty eight million over the cap if they don't do anything then, you know, that's where you have to start making these panic moves to just get under that number, especially with the way how, you know, COVID is going to affect some of that, some of that, um, some of that salary cap and how the salary cap is going to move or could be adjusted. Yeah. And, and look, and Dion Jones, it, it, it's two things, right? First, you kind of get some money off the books, right? Um, you, you, you slim a little salary, but you can actually get valuable assets yeah. for a guy like Dion yep. Jones, especially because the team will look at Dion Jones's contract and like, you know what? I can afford this contract. Granted, exactly. at some point, Dion Jones can wake up and be like, you know what? I'm holding out until I get a new deal. Right. But, you know, for a t- like, I can go and ask another team to like, hey, I, I, I need a second and a third, or I, I need a second, a third, and a fifth to, yeah. to move Dion Jones. And I, if I'm a team that's kind of like on that playoff verge, and I have problems defending the middle of the field, which is most NFL teams these days, yep. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I mean, kind of a steep price, but maybe, maybe can we work out? I don't know, maybe a third, a fifth, and a sixth. 
let's do this. Right, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, you know, that could be, you know, you might be thinking that that's, you know, a little a little bit much for Deion Jones, but, man, he's one of the best linebackers in the entire league. And like we said, a guy who can cover, you know, with the best of them so for that linebacker you, spot. My question to you, Chad, how much do you think the lack of a GM, like a legitimate GM in Atlanta, is going to prevent Atlanta from being complete sellers? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, shout out to Rich McKay, who has that interim GM tag right now. Um I just, yeah, I don't think that they're going to be going to have, I don't think he's going to have the authority um, necessary to really make those type of moves. Uh, I think Arthur Blank is going to want to wait until, you know, until he hires a GM um, before they really start making those moves, which to me is a shame because now is the time where you can actually get off some of that money somewhat somewhat reasonably because like we said, teams around this time are going to panic. Teams panic when they feel like they're one move away. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what they do, and you get a Mohamed Sanu trade for a second, right? Exactly. And, and another linebacker that I wanted to talk about, and, and this just touches briefly on the Houston Texans, um, is Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham, to me, is is obviously not as good a linebacker as Deion Jones, right? But he's another linebacker who can play out in space, um, can run, uh, and he is under another long-term deal. To me, that's pretty reasonable. Right, so he's under a four-year, fifty-eight million dollar deal. Um, I think, if I have that right, yeah, four-year, fifty-eight million dollar deal that starts kicking in next year. So you know, to me, if you're also another team who's looking for a linebacker who can play in space, Zach Cunningham is another name. You know that a team could look at. I know, I know, I know. If you're Miami and you're going, you want to go big game hunting for Dion, but Zach Cunningham, another liable, another viable option as well. Yeah, that, that fifty eight is a lot of money for Zach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. That, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fifty four. Fifty four. But still, I mean, that's still a lot of money. No, it's fifty eight. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Fifty eight. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm, I'm reading all over the place. No, it's but, fine. And, and and the thing with this fifty eight is also a lot of this money is backloaded, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, but however, the, no, there is zero after twenty twenty one. There is a zero salary guarantee for him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Twenty twenty two. You. It's a. It's a team friendly contract. Um. As long as you play your eleven million next year, or he you know has a guarantee and a half. I, I can see a team, you know, taking a look at at a guy like Zach Cunningham. The the only thing that I see, Chad, is like when when I whenever I see these trades at the trade deadline. Yeah. Teams are not looking for guys with long-term contracts. Right, they're looking, they're looking... for guys with expiring contracts. They just want a, a one-hit one that they can get them over the edge this year. They are going to worry about next year in the offseason. They don't want anybody carrying over like that. Absolutely. Completely agree. And that's why another um, guy from Houston and who I want who I think could be on the move is a Kenny Stills, um, wide receiver. Yeah, I know, I know. That name, when I say that name, it brings goosebumps to you, I'm sure. Um, but at $7 million, um, and he's an expiring, at $7 million, I mean, he's another guy, you know, talk about a team like the Packers uh, or, you know, one of those teams that is looking for a wide receiver. You know, couldn't you easily even see, I know they've already had him before, but a New Orleans Saints you can't tell me that a team like that who, you know, with the Michael Thomas issue and all that stuff, isn't looking to, you know, 
solidify the wide receiver position a little bit more. No, you're right. Look, this guy is a veteran receiver. Uh, he can stretch the field. Um, I, I look, you you if you want me to give you a list? Uh, those the Packers and the and the uh, the Saints, as you mentioned. Uh, I feel like a team like the Eagles can use them. Uh, just going through the list here, man. The Raiders could use them. Yeah, I think the Chiefs could also use a slot. Um, I mean, they. I know they have really good receivers, but this guy is just another weapon. Yeah, and that's a that's the uh, thing. No, Ravens. The Ravens. Kind of yes. The most. There, yes. There, 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 there's a lot of teams that that Kenny Stills can go to, and you're right. He's a one. He's a a, a, a one year. You know, kind of rental. Um, you don't probably don't have to give up a lot of cap space. I mean, a yeah. lot of a lot of capital. Cap, uh, capital. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I, I like it, Chad. Yeah. So, those are some guys that uh that we feel like could be on the move. Um, for the trade deadline, Jonathan. Before we get out of here for the day, is there is there anybody else you want to highlight, or anybody else that you know you think could be on the move, a, a big name or something that could be on the move? Look, uh, the guy that no, it, 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 no, it, we already talked about it. To me, the guy that everybody needs to w- watch out for it, it's it's Julio Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know Arthur Blank might not want to make such a big move, but this guy is going to be 35 years old by the time his contract is over. Yeah. Um, that's too old. Uh, I'm really interested to see, you know, if, if if the Atlanta Falcons are just going to, you know, sell the house. Yeah. And start over. Yeah, exactly. And that's what some of these teams need to do is exactly like you said, sell the house, clean slate. Um, and move forward with as little on the books for the next couple years as possible. Um, and then there are going to be teams who are who are taking as much as they can back because they're trying to make that move that can help win them the Super Bowl. And uh, with that being said, we are going to go ahead and, and get out of here for the day. Um, we hope you guys have a good weekend. And, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Yeah, ciao.